Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Can we get into the Word today? Come on, is that all right? We're going to get into the Word today. I, I have this Word that, I've, um, that God's really been speaking to me about, and it, it actually came in the middle of a really challenging time in my own life. Uh, last year, we were in the, per, uh, in, in the process of purchasing a house, and, and it was just a really challenging process, a really hard time, and, and, and there was a lot of battle, there was a lot of prayer, there was a lot of worship, and, and in that process and in that time, God taught me a lot about the power of worship. God taught me a lot about the power of prayer. And today I really felt that this word would help build your church, will help build your life because if you can access some of these keys that we talk about today, I really believe that God is going to speak into your life and I hope that it helps. And so if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Uh, we're going to look at three different people in this scripture. I, I hope we, we read the Bible here. Is that okay? Can we read a little bit of Bible? Uh, and so Mark chapter 5, we're going to go from verse 2. We're going to look at three different characters in the Bible. And then we're going to have a look at their life and see what God is trying to speak to us about today. So Mark chapter 5, the Bible says this in verse 2. It says, When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. It's a very interesting response. He ran, he fell on his knees in front of him. Let's skip down to verse 21. Now we're introduced to another guy, a guy named Jairus. Can everyone say Jairus? And so Jairus was this church leader. And the Bible says this, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat, so we're still in Mark chapter five, Jesus has crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So we have a man with an impure spirit, sees Jesus, runs and falls at his feet. You now have a church leader who has a dying daughter who sees Jesus and runs and again falls at his feet. And now we jump down to verse 27. And there's a woman with an issue of blood. The Bible says that she had an issue for 12 years. Bible says this, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd, touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body and she was freed from, from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, Jesus. And the disciples answered, yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. Three different people, three different circumstances, three different situations, three different names, three different backgrounds, three different stories, three different circumstances, three different problems, three different, are you catching what I'm trying to say to you, right? Three different issues, yet they all had the same response. It's very interesting that whatever circumstance they were going through, they all had the same response, and that response was to fall at the feet of Jesus. I mean, can I just tell you something? This, this posture right here, it's a very interesting posture. It's quite a vulnerable posture. 
really, according to the, the thoughts of this world, this is a posture of weakness. It's a posture of surrender. It's a posture on your knees. It's a posture where it's hard to defend yourself. It's hard to, to take ground. It's hard to move forward. It, it, it's hard to protect yourself. This is generally a posture that's quite vulnerable. Yet in the kingdom, this is the posture of victory. This is the posture of moving forward. That is the posture of taking ground. That is the posture of a conqueror. See, in the world, what looks like weakness in the kingdom actually looks like strength. And what I want to tell you today is these three different circumstances, these three different situations, they all had the same response. They all chose to posture themselves in worship, posture themselves surrendered to God. Now, we learned something very interesting because as we look at these three different people, as we look at their three different stories, we find something out. We find out that God is not actually trying to encourage us to fight on our feet. God is actually trying to encourage us to fight on the floor. Because I believe that in this place, we've been taught and we've been told that we need a strategy to fight our problems. We're waiting for the 10, 10 steps of leadership to learn how to face our problems. We're looking for a resource to face how we raise money. We're looking for this and for that, and we're looking for the next strategy, and we're looking for the next relationship, and we're looking for the next answer. But can I tell you, your answer is not found when you fight on your feet. Your answer is found when you fight on the floor. I believe that God is looking for a group of people that would worship Him in spirit and in truth. People that would say, hey, whatever the circumstance, whatever I'm going through, whether it's sickness, whether it's mental health, whether it's my finance, whether it's relationships, in every single season, God, I'm going to choose to fight on the floor. So that's the title of my message today. The message is called Fight on the Floor. There's power in our worship. There's power in our prayer. There's power in our surrender. And so today, we're going to look at that. So Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would challenge us. God, I pray that you would stir our faith to see something great. God, tonight we want to respond to you. Tonight we want to worship you. Like we sang earlier, nothing else will do. God, we just want you. God, we want more of you in this place. So God, I pray less of me, more of you. Would you speak to us in Jesus' mighty name? And everyone said, amen. Come on, can you say amen? Amen, amen. amen. Now look, here's the rule. The moment I stepped up on this platform, this became a brown church. A brown church is a loud church. Okay, so are you alive tonight? Yeah. Lindbrook, can you help a brother out, please? Come on. Are we alive tonight, church? So if I'm preaching to you, let me know. You can say it, preach it spicy. You can say preach it louder. I've said it before. If you have a papadum, you can throw it up in the air like you just don't care. Do whatever you can. Just let me know you're alive. Are we alive tonight? Yeah. Come on, are you expectant tonight? Yeah. The first thing that our worship does, if you're writing down notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, worship removes. Everyone say worship removes. Yeah. Worship removes. That's the first thing we learn. I mean, when we look at this story of the man with an impure spirit. We see someone who was there, and when we look at this story, we see that this man was hearing voices. This man was living out in the tombs. The Bible says that he would cut himself with stones, hearing voices, tormented by spirits. 
And it's very interesting because when we fast forward to verse 15, the Bible says, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who'd been possessed, um, possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. So what happens is after an encounter with Jesus, he was there in his right mind. So you can go from being bound, have an encounter with Jesus, and all of a sudden being set free. I mean, that's the power that Jesus has. And it's very interesting because when we hear this story about issues of the mind, I think about society today. Isn't that the growing problem? Mental health awareness? I mean, I told our young people some stats. The, um, the statistics tell us that Two million people are clinically diagnosed with depression. One million people are diagnosed with anxiety. Oh, sorry, I think it's the other way around. One million with depression. Two million with anxiety. 45% of people, according to beyondblue.com, will say that they will have a mental health problem at some point in their life. I mean, we're facing real challenges, and I do have to preface it by saying, if you're going through something, I want to encourage you to make sure you speak to not just a leader, but speak to a counselor. God's put people in our world to go through these processes. Mental health is a real challenge and a real stress, but I do want to say this. I believe that when you have an encounter with God, God can shift something from your life. God can change your life. He can turn it around. He can take what was sick, and He can heal it. God can take what was broken, and He can restore it. God can take what's falling apart, and He he can mend it. God can shift something in your life because when you have an encounter with him, things begin to turn around. And so here we have a man with these challenges, a man with these voices, a man who's being tormented. And as he worships God, the spirits begin to live his life. Depression can begin to leave his life. Anxiety can begin to leave his life. I want to tell you that there's power when we worship. See, when we worship, worship can remove those dark thoughts. Worship can remove the doubt. I believe that worship has the power, really, to remove depression. I believe that worship has the power to remove anxiety. I, I believe that worship has the power to remove voices. I, I believe that worship can shift an atmosphere. Worship has power. I love it in Philippians 4, the Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So get on your knees, pray, worship, come to God. And I love it. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So what, what, what we're trying to hear is when we get to a point where we would worship God, not only does God remove our anxiety, He gives us peace. He removes anxiety but he gives us a peace. He gives us a peace that doesn't make sense. He gives us a peace that transcends understanding. He gives us a peace where it's like, oh, I didn't even understand why I'm so calm right now. I don't understand why I'm not stressed right now. I don't understand why I'm filled with joy right now. I don't understand why I feel like I want to worship right now. I don't understand why I'm so happy right now. Why? It's because there's a peace that transcends all understanding. Come on, am I talking to someone tonight? Worship has the power to remove. What I love about God is God doesn't just remove anxiety from our life. He fills it with peace. He doesn't just remove depression from our life. He fills it with peace. He doesn't just remove doubt from our life. He fills it with peace. Are you catching what I'm saying today? When we worship, worship has the ability to remove. And I'll never forget just recently, um, I actually um, tore a disc in my back. 
And uh, for those of you who don't realize, it's a really painful thing. I was in hospital for five days. I couldn't walk for three and a half. You want to know how it happened? This is a true story. Don't judge me. I was at a Wiggles concert. <laughs> no, really. This is, it's not a bad joke. It's 100% truth. I was at a Wiggles concert with my daughter because the hot potatoes were too hot to handle. I don't know what happened. It just, it just, I stood up and my disc just went. I'm probably the first person in the history of the Wiggles to get ambulanced outside of their concert. I mean, that was, it's just, please take that off my resume, you know what I mean? And so I, I had this mass, and now I'm in hospital, and for five days I'm in hospital. Now you've got to understand, I'm having a conversation with my wife. This is a month after we've had our second, son, our second child. And I'm lying in this bed, and my wife, who's just given birth to my son, is coming into the hospital to visit me. And she's visiting me every day, and we're talking. And if you know something about me, I'm quite relaxed. I'm quite chilled out. I don't stress out about things too much. But as we were talking, thoughts begin to fill my mind. Will I ever play footy with my son? Will I ever be able to run and walk with him? Will I ever be able to hang out with him? Will I be able to carry him? All these thoughts begin to fill my mind. Can I be honest with you for a second? Can I be real? I started to get anxious. I started to get nervous. And one night, as Katie and I were talking, I just burst into tears. I was so upset about it. Just couldn't see a way out. Couldn't understand what was going on. I'll never forget that Sunday while I was in hospital. They FaceTimed me into our service back at home. And the person who was speaking was a guest speaker. And this woman began to prophesy over my life. And she looked down the camera and she said, Jason, I want you to look at me right now. And she said, I know you're lying in this hospital bed, but God is raising you up. God is strengthening your back. God is actually calling you to lift something heavier than you've ever lifted before. God is calling you to rise up. God is strengthening you. He's strength and she began to speak life. And, spe and can I just tell you something? Although I was upset and I was hurting, it, it was the most awkward moment because I'm in, a, in this public hospital and there's this other guy who's like on the other side of me, this old guy who's weird, been weird the whole time. And now I'm the weird guy who's crying. I have my hands raised and he's looking at me like, what's wrong with me? And so I'm looking at him. I'm like, bro, just join me. And so my hands are raised. He's like, okay. And so his hands are raised too. And I'm just worshiping. I'm crying. My, my, my tears are flowing down my face and I'm going, God, God, would you, would you help me? God? And can I just tell you, as I began to worship, the anxiety began to leave. As I began to worship, the fear began to leave. As I began to lift my hand, doubt, doubt began to leave. Why? Because worship removes. Are you worried about something? Worship God. Are you going through something? Well, just lift your hands. Are you facing something that's going to wreck your relationships? Can I just say, raise your hands. Worship God through the storm. Worship God through the trial. Worship God through the mess. Worship God through the mud. Because when we lift our hands, when we get on our knees, when we fight on the floor, that's where things begin to shift. Number two, the second thing we learn is that worship reverses. Worship removes, but worship reverses. Worship removes, but worship reverses. We have a sick woman. 12, 12 years of bleeding. 12 years of issue, 12 years of bad health, has an encounter with Jesus, everything changes. Isn't it very interesting 
that a man who's bound has an encounter with Jesus and leaves set free. A woman who's sick has an encounter with Jesus and leaves healed. A man, sorry to wreck the story, has a dying daughter. In fact, his daughter dies, has an encounter with Jesus, and then Jesus raises his daughter from the dead. I mean, Jesus has this ability to wreck the story. I mean, a story of abuse, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you can leave restored. I mean, when you have a story of addiction, you can meet with Jesus and have a story of freedom. When you have a story of brokenness, you can have an encounter with Jesus and leave restored. Why? Because worship reverses. It reverses the circumstance. It reverses the situation. Look at me. I look like a Sri Lankan spinner. I mean, worship Worship reverses. Put that one in the books. Worship reverses. It turns things around. You might be sick right now, but can I tell you, when you lift your hands, your circumstance can change. If you're going through financial crisis, you can lift your hands and things can change. You can go through a relationship breakdown, but if you lift your hands, things can change. We got to fight on the floor, church. God is looking for worshipers who would worship Him in spirit and in truth. The third thing that worship does, number one, worship removes, number two, worship reverses, but number three, worship revives. Worship removes, worship reverses, and worship revives. Worship brings things to life. Worship raises things that are dead. Worship brings things back to life things that have been lying dormant, things that have been out. Worship has this ability to raise things from the dead into life. Now, please don't hear me. Don't go to a cemetery. Just start worshiping and expect like Auntie Shaz to like come out. I'm just, don't do that. You get sent to jail, all right? That's weird. But I'm talking about dead dreams talking about dead vision, things that have died in your heart, relationships that have died. When we begin to worship God, things begin to come to life. We look at this situation, Jairus comes before Jesus, has nothing, I mean, he's broken, I, 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 can, I can get it, I, I get it, I have a daughter of my own. If something happened to her, oh my goodness, like, I can get hood real quick, you know what I mean? Like, I'm from the Westerns. I mean, you guys think Stud Road's bad. I'm talking about Western Sydney. We know what's up, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in the hood. You think Lindbrook's hood. Lindbrook looks like Chadston compared to where I come from. I'm, I'm joking, I'm playing. I love, I love these two campuses, it's incredible. But I know something happened to my daughter going to go crazy about it. I can see Jairus desperate saying, Jesus, I have nothing else. I have nothing left. I'm broken. I'm hurting my daughter. She's dead. She's everything. Everything to me is now gone and finished. And here is Jairus pleading. I mean, his daughter was dying. He wasn't even with her. He just said, man, I've got to get to Jesus. If I can just get to Jesus, maybe everything's going to be okay. If I could just get to Jesus, maybe he's going to touch her life. If I could just reach out to Jesus, then maybe he's going to touch her body and heal her. 
And so Jairus, in his brokenness, Jairus, in his pain, reaches out. I love Jairus because he chose not to worry. He chose to worship. He chose not to stress. He chose to sing. And so there is Jairus on his knees, worshiping, saying, God, I'm surrendering to you. Jesus comes in, grace, walks into the room, heals this daughter, brings her to life. She comes comes alive, and it's an incredible miracle. Sometimes we look at our lives, we go, God, why are things in our lives dying? Why are things in our lives going wrong? Why are things hurting? Why are things falling apart? I think about my life. Think about a moment when I was younger. Anyone remember Lego? Just two people, okay. Really? It's expensive, I know, I get it, I get it. We used to play with this thing called Connects. Anyone know what Connects is? Connects is like ghetto Lego. You know, it's like it's for the people that couldn't afford Lego, but we just, there's a tear down, we get Connects, right? And so I had some Connects, and Dad had bought me this Connects box, and I was trying to build this truck. Never forget this moment, I would have been about seven years old and kind of in my room and got the map out, box out, all the pieces on the floor, trying to piece these things together. And as I start to piece it together, I piece the roof together, piece some of the doors together and trying to put this thing together. And my dad can hear me, he can hear me get frustrated. I'm like, why is this not working? Like, I'm quite impatient. I'm like, I need some answers. So I'm trying to get this thing together and my dad can hear me, hear me getting frustrated. So he kind of burst through the door. Hello. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? I'm like, Dad, I'm, I'm trying to work this connects out, trying to put this truck together. And he's like, here, let me have it then. Give it to me. And so he kind of he takes up the pieces. and He can hear my frustration. I'm getting annoyed. I'm kind of throwing it down. So my dad sits down with me like a good dad would. As he sits down, he begins to take the pieces apart. I'm like, do you know how long I spent doing this? Put it back. He's like, Jason, stop. Stop it now. And he said these three words to me. I'll never forget. He said, I'm not done. The reason why those words mean a lot to me is because when I'm in seasons of frustration and I'm in seasons where things feel like they're falling apart, I believe God wants to say to you today, I'm not done. You might feel like your world is falling apart. You might feel like things are breaking down. Can I tell you, God is saying to you, I'm not done. You you know what? You might feel like it's over with your health, but God is saying to you today, I'm not done. You might feel like your marriage is over and it's finished, but God wants to remind you today, I'm not done. That business idea that you've just shut down and you've said, nah, it's finished, it's over. God wants to remind you today, I'm not done. You had that dream to have that child. 
I tell you, God is not done with you. He has so much more in store. He is the great author. He's the perfecter. He's the beginner. He's the finisher. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He starts it. He'll finish it. God is not done with your life yet. But He's waiting for us to worship Him. Whatever the circumstance. If I'm on the mountaintop, I'm going to worship Him. If I'm in the valley, I'm going to worship Him. When I'm in the trial, I'm going to worship Him. When things are awesome, I'm going to worship Him. You know, it's funny. An olive. For me to get the most value out of an olive, I've got to get olive oil. To get olive oil, an olive needs to be crushed. For me to get wine from a grape, not that we drink wine out here, Pastor Dave. But for me to get wine out of a grape, I have to crush a grape. See, value comes in the crushing. Value comes in the crush it. See, we think that value comes when we're crushing life. Can I tell you, value comes when life is crushing you. Value doesn't come, oh man, I'm crushing life. I'm living the dream, LTD. I mean, life is good. I'm too blessed to stress. I mean, things are, no, no, no. Value doesn't come when I'm crushing life. Value comes when life crushes you. It's in that crushing. It's in that hurting. It's in that squeezing. It's in the pain. It's on the floor. It's in those moments where we squeeze out of praise. It's in those moments where we squeeze out of worship. It's in those moments where we squeeze out honor. It's in those moments where we squeeze out serving. It's in those moments where what comes out of our life is the value that makes us. It's in the crushing. It's in the crushing. Worship removes. Worship reverses. Worship revives. You know, in John 4, as I finish up, I get the band to come and join me. The Bible says this, yet a time is coming. And it's now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Am I helping someone today? Are you leaning in today? Catch this. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. They are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. This is what God's looking for. God's looking out across this earth, across this church, across this city, across this nation. And He's looking out to those that would worship Him in spirit and in truth. Worship Him whatever the cost. Worship Him whatever the circumstance. Whatever the trial. Whatever I'm going through. Whether it's highs, whether it's lows. Are we going to worship Him? See, we kind of think that God's looking for a type of person. Looking for someone with a great beard, a beautiful fade, and nice glasses. <laughs> See, we think God's looking for someone who's popular. Maybe someone who can speak well. Maybe someone who's dressed well. 
maybe someone who's got all the resource and someone who's got all the money and someone who's got it all together. But can I tell you, that's not what the Bible tells me He's looking for. God's not looking for resource. In fact, He owns it all. God's not looking for vibes. He is the vibe. I mean, God's not looking for anything else. He's looking for a worshiper that would worship Him in spirit and in truth. Someone who would get on the floor and worship Him. That is the person He's seeking out. He's going, who would do it? Who would worship me? Whatever it costs, whatever the price, who's going to worship? It's who He's looking for. Let me put it this way. God's not looking for the one who stands out. He's looking for the one who kneels down. He's not looking for the one who stands out, all the bells and whistles. He's looking for the one who would kneel down and say, God, in every season, in every circumstance, I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. God, in every season, every circumstance, I just want you. I don't have the answer. I don't have the solution. I'm stuck. It's hurting. It's breaking me down. I feel crushed. I feel bruised. It's hard. But God, I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth. Is this the generation? Are these the people that won't fight on their feet, but would fight on the floor, that would worship him in spirit and in truth? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.